0: With rather a lot more to talk about this week than we had last week, welcome to Hand Off Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting episode of Hand of Pod. Another might be a little bit ambitious, maybe, but this one's definitely going to be exciting. Uh, I'm Sam Kelly, and this week I'm joined by Andres Bruckner. Hello, how are you? And by not one but two Boca Juniors fans, Fran Aldasha. Hi, good to be here. And Federico, whose last name I've forgotten again. Lopez. Lopez, of course <laughs> it is. Sorry. Which right a
1: very difficult surname.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, so one of those really complicated ones. Um, <laughs> very uncommon. We will get on to precisely why I point out that these two gentlemen are are Boca fans. I'm not really pointing out, it's more reminding for the regular listeners. Um, In a few minutes, I guess that a lot of you have already guessed. But first of all, we'll do what we do every week. And we will go over the results that have happened since we last recorded. Uh, Last week, obviously, last Wednesday's match, as we covered during the the, uh, recording. On Thursday, two more Argentine teams got involved with the Copa Libertadores. Rosario Central got a 1-1 draw at home to Nacional of Uruguay with a last minute or pretty much last minute equaliser uh, from was it the penalty kick. yes of course it was yeah the penalty uh, and then just after that Riva Plate got their title of defence off to a good start with a 4-0 win in Venezuela away to Trujillanos. apparently the second defending champions ever to start with a 4-0 away win the first was Santos in 1963 oh when Pelé was playing for them, so that's an illustrious forebear.
1: Well, and then we had Piscolici trying to emulate
0: some Pelé. (laughs) Well, certainly Messi, The free kick was, I would say, a carbon copy of of Messi's free kick at the weekend, except it happened a couple of days before Messi's free kick at the weekend, so actually it was Messi copying Piscolici, but, yeah, there we go, nothing new there, obviously. Um, And then at the weekend we had the following results on Friday. Newell's Old Boys and Union drew 1-1 in Rosario and Banfield versus Godoy-Cruz, which was one of the matches I recommended for the bubble last week that people sort of didn't bother cancelling their Friday night plans to stay in and watch, uh, ended 3-2 to Godoy-Cruz with a flurry of three goals in the last four minutes. Um, So sorry if you followed my advice and didn't bother watching that one. Uh, on Saturday, Estudiantes 4 Argentinos Juniors 1 Sarmiento 2 Quilmes 2 Defensios DCF 4 Aldo CV 0 um, Huracán 1 San Lorenzo 1 uh, uh, Atletico Paraná Yeah, they are Atletico Patronato patrónato That sounds a bit weird I uh, thought you were uh, going to Patronato say de Atletico de Paraná, Paraná Because it's
1: from Paraná and, and they have similar t-shirts
0: Yes, yeah uh, Patronato de Paraná Is what I wanted to say Beat Belgrano 2-1 in Paraná and on Sunday we have Colón nil, Rosario Central three, Atlético Tucumán three, Atlético de Rafaela nil, Olimpo two, Arsenal de Sarandí one, Racing one, Boca Juniors nil, San Martín de San Juan two, Lanús two, and on Monday Belgrano two, Gimnasia y La Plata one, River one, Independiente nil, and Temperley two, Tigre nil. Normally at this point I would ask. What was the biggest match of the weekend for you guys? What did you enjoy? But this week, we'll get onto that stuff later on because uh, there's one very big decision that's been taken, um, as um, a lot of listeners will probably be aware. The 1-0 win for Racing on Sunday proved to be the straw that broke the camel's back for Boca, and it was the um, the thing that finally pushed Daniel Angelisi, Boca's uh, very decisive, always 100% straightforward president, into... Uh, dropping the sword of Damocles onto Rodolfo Roberena's head and firing him on Monday afternoon. The club wasted no time at all in announcing a successor. Guillermo Barros-Equilotto has been uh, brought in to basically nobody's surprise apart from the one or two people who actually thought Sam Paoli might be about to say yes. Um, So I'm going to open up the floor to our two Boca fans and say, first of all, guys, I imagine you're both quite happy. I am, yes.
2: Yeah, I think we're both really happy, yeah, because it's an an injection of, uh, for lack of a better word, balls for the team, you know, a little uh, injection of uh, strictness and, uh, you know, a bit of uh, yelling fire, at the players, yeah. discipline, fire, that we think Arroa Arena may have been lacking with his nice approach and uh, controversial decisions,
0: you know, a bit lukewarm we found Arroa Arena mm-hmm. and it's one that let's say I, I was trying to I, I've written a couple of articles in the last couple of days sort of looking into the managerial change and, and when trying to sum up Arroa Arena's style and the stuff that sort of lost in the job ultimately the, the difficult thing really is that it's very difficult to describe how Arroa Arena's team played because they frequently as we said many times didn't really appear to have much of a plan Vanrossen Kielof is going to change that as well, right? I mean, there are things that he he's changing off the pitch. Well, Please tell he us about those. Didn't as well, have coming
1: striker. It, uh, it was a n- not number nine yeah. there.
3: Uh, yeah, playing Pablo Perez as a uh, false nine or something like that. Uh, if you can compare him to Messi in that regard. Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, he, the first uh, months uh, he was in charge at Boca. He he did an okay job. Uh, a Boca team that. That was uh, uh, really beat uh, after the the Bianchi debacle, and uh, he he tried to make his team uh, press up high and uh, and played a 4-3-3 three three with two wingers, and uh, it it did have some positive results at first, uh, reaching uh, the the South semi-final, and that's I think the when when everything changed when once he. He lost that uh, that two-legged semi-final against River. Uh, I think he never quite himself found the uh, the way around again, and he started to switch the, the tactics. And then uh, with Osvaldo's coming, uh, he he, tra- he constantly made uh, made substitutions, and uh, uh, he never quite found himself again. And uh, and maybe the first uh, half of, of last year. He was okay in the Libertadores uh, group draw. He he did win six matches and uh, was was doing okay in the league. But again, the the series against River was, I think he that was the, the, the final point, or should have been the final game for for him. Uh, as we know, the purple spray scandal. Uh, Kept him in charge, I'd say. He he was. So you
0: would see that as an excuse. It sort of gave him a reason to say, "Oh well, we got eliminated because of this." As exactly. To, yeah. As exactly. I mean, us, they barely managed a shot throughout the tie. He kind of escaped that criticism.
3: Exactly. Yeah. It was a scapegoat for him, the the spray scandal. Uh, but Boca was was really poor that 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 series, and uh, it's. It's hard to remember now, but it it, it was only the uh, before a Rivera Boca had never lost uh, a Copa Libertadores series against River in its mm-hmm. history or international competition series, and now we have lost two in a row. So, I mean that that for me was the the, the, uh, the moment where I knew he he would never turn it around. So, so sorry, it is then it's a surprise that he wasn't
1: fired there because exactly. uh, you here in Argentina you, ha- you may have. 90% of uh, accuracy in terms of, of winning and losing matches against losing and uh, uh, lose or, or, or uh, be out of, of a competition against uh, the classical rival River for example and uh, and uh, be fired anyway. Yeah. In fact he had 70% accuracy, accuracy I think. Uh, well, yeah, in, I think it's the
3: highest in Boca's history.
1: So Very it's a, it's a surprise that he wasn't fired there because then he won two competitions. You may say in spite of him, not because of him, uh, but he won that competition, those competitions, the players and him. Uh, then of course you the, the the summer the summer was not good. Uh, he lost. I think he hasn't not won any any match of the summer. Then started it was a poor start, of course, with the temporary draw. Then. Losing against uh, San Lorenzo, the super, the super Cup or Super Copa, uh, losing against Atletico Tucumán uh, at home condition. Of course, there, are, there were some matches in which the team looked like a lost team or, or not like a team at all. But I think that the players wanted him to live. And, and that is something in Argentina is particular, particular because you always come to think that the players, if the players like the, the coach, they will do everything for him to stay, and if they don't, well, it's the thing is this is it. Yeah. No. They they were they said that they wanted him to stay, but then in the, in the in the matches during the matches, you you could tell that they didn't want it.
2: Well, they, they didn't respond on the pitch because I think in in great uh, in great part because there was a lot of tactical shuffling and also shuffling in the formation. Um, after after failing to, to muster up good performances in the summer, he experimented with a, a five-man uh, five defense. And that's something that you saw repeatedly last year. There was rotation of players, but also of, of tactical ideas that left you with a feeling that Aurora that just didn't know uh, yeah, what, he was, uh, what he was doing. Yeah. And, and he did redeem himself to, to a degree with these uh, two local titles. But I think we, we, we can all agree that, that it was time for, for change in Boca. And he never really convinced fans that he was capable of, of winning an international title um, like all Boca fans want. Because at the end of the day, uh, a local tournament isn't the priority for, for Boca fans. It's, it's always the Libertadores yeah and also
3: it it's not only the, the the two series he lost uh to river uh but uh, I, I can't really recall any important matches he he won or we won uh, under him
2: well that's the main thing i mean seventy percent uh win rate yeah. but then when you play against the big when we played against the big clubs it was
3: th- less than thirty percent exactly and we lost all games against racing who are historically They never beat us exactly. Against
1: against him, I can say, okay, uh, with Guillermo Arroz Aquiloto, these things wouldn't have happened. In terms of how River faced those matches, especially the Sudamericana uh, first leg uh, when River went went to the Bombonera and played, like historically, we could say, uh, uh, ironically, yes, Boca style. uh, uh, being uh, with a lot of well, uh, not I, I would not say dirty way you playing, but harsh, uh, just uh, yes.
3: strong. Yeah, the, the way I, I think you're supposed to play. With
1: I think I, I was uh, I, I read uh, some international articles referring to his way of being inside of the pitch when he was a player, and he was he had that side
0: of the psychological factor. Yes. Yeah. Well, he's done it. Barroso Quilotto has, has done it as a manager As well of course Because if there's one thing That was really notable From his time at Lanus Apart from the fact It was really quite impressive He won Lanús's first And so far only ever International trophy It's a second actually Second? Yeah they won The Copa. Cup yes. Oh the, the, Cop, the of course yeah. yeah I mean it's barely Yeah, yeah you right. counts but I was getting confused With the first Primera title They won I think The year before He took charge didn't they? Um But yeah thank you For the correction Um but one thing that, that that was really notable, apart from the relative success that he had, was the number of times he managed to get sent to the stands for arguing or chewing the referee's ear off, basically. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see whether he can tone that down a little bit as as Bocca manager, because um, I can, you know, if he's doing that a little more often at a bigger club, um, then more people might start to realise that at times the lack of discipline isn't great. But having said that, uh, I do think that he he can only help. Bring direction to a team that's, that's badly in need of, uh, of some um, well we all
2: hope that that fire that he shows on the pitch he can channel it in a more productive way inside the uh, the, the changing room
0: and he's already started with with quite a serious uh, set of, of, of demands and um, and so on the first of which is that he's taking charge today uh, The the board wanted him to take charge on Monday after letting Rolando Schiavi take charge for Thursday evening's match um, in what will be an empty Bombonera uh, in front of uh, against sorry in front of uh, against Racing in the Copa Libertadores and then of course on Sunday they visit Riva in the league Um, he was offered the chance to take charge on Monday after those matches were out of the way and he's taken the chance right now he says no I'm going to take charge today he's going into tomorrow's match on one training session which he conducted this afternoon which is brave um, and which I think is, to me, that, that, that's a man who is trying to make the point straight off to the players. Look, this is all about responsibility. Well, I'm think, not shirking responsibility. I think that's, ex- taking it on. that's exactly what we need. We mm-hmm. need someone to come in right now
2: and get the players in line and have a no-nonsense attitude and make them win tomorrow. Because if Arona had stayed on, I would have, just as much as I bet against Boca, I, I bet I, for Boca losing mm-hmm. on Sunday... I was sure that we were going to lose again. I was sure of it, and mm. I, and we
3: needed someone to take over right now. And um, yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say the timing was great. Anyway, I mean, I think he should have been let let go after the after the San Lorenzo game. I'd say. And if you wanted to give him another chance, then after the trade go to command exactly. I, I think that game was the the yes. final this is a down deal you,
1: you can't make decisions because the people may what the people may think about that mm-hmm. because they admitted that they fired Ro Arena now because they didn't want River to fire him, and that is something yeah, it's no, you're, you're a board member you can't think like that
3: yeah exactly.
2: I read somewhere as well that uh, that the delay in sacking Arena was also due... In part to um, our friend Angelisi, mm-hmm. who let's just say he's not very popular among the the those of us at the table right now. Uh, he had taken Is a business he's popular trip. Two of us. <laughs> Is he? Me and Andres don't have any problem with him. I ah. suspect. <laughs> yeah. So he he was supposedly on a business trip, nothing to do with uh, Boca mm. or anything. A business trip, in quotation marks, because we have no idea what that means. Uh, to Paraguay the day after the Tucumán match, and that sort of put things on ice with Arroa arena until he got back,
0: yeah, which is shirking responsibility, yeah quite spectacularly for so for, for the president just of the a murky
2: affair overall because the timing right now i mean why not why now and not before you know mm. that's the that's the question
0: absolutely. Um, there was something else that I wanted to bring up and I've forgotten what it was. Anybody else got anything to say while I try and remember? Yeah, for,
3: for foreign, foreign uh, listeners, uh, Angelisi's. is... Uh, we can all have a go at Angelisi now. Yeah, I, while, I wanted to to While Sam remembers. He's uh, he's very close to our new president, Macri, uh, his, his uh, that guy. Is, that is to say, that the new president of Argentina. New president of Argentina. The new president of yeah, Juniors, This is all going to get confusing. On exactly. Mind. Yeah. So yeah. thank you, Sam. And he's uh, like his go-to guy when he wants to mess in the judicial affairs. So uh, I mean, he's he's a shady guy. Yeah, that that's what I wanted to. He just uh, has I'm the, the aspect
2: of a mafia don, you know? Uh, yeah. A shirt opened up at the top. With yeah. The that's only the aspect
3: I'd say. Yeah. I say, uh, it was I'd say the a the bit
0: others. less scary because I always get the impression he's just kind of, as as Fredo says, sort of Macri's puppet rather than necessarily being there. Well, no, I've read himself. I've read
2: that he he isn't very well liked inside the pro because mm. of these uh, murky business affairs that he's involved in. He's okay. He's got a lot of bingo he's, chains. He's a lawyer, right? As well, is that right? He's a lawyer, but I don't think he ever was, practiced. Yeah, I don't yeah, know, yeah he I ever think practiced. he's qualified as a lawyer, I should say. But also what I read um, is that he's been more occupied with his lobbying at Argentina's central courthouse, which is where all the uh, corruption investigations against the, the previous government, every everything major in Argentina goes through that courtroom, and he's supposedly the uh, link between the, uh, the executive administration, Macri, and that courthouse. So he... Has been criticized by the Boca world, so to speak, for, for spending too much time on political matters rather than
3: taking care of, of Boca's. Yeah, and using Boca as uh, just uh, as a political opportunity, and uh, he's been criticized for not being a, a Boka funny Yeah, but
1: yeah. well, I, I am sure that if Magri uh, wouldn't have been elected as a president, he will be more in, involved in, in, in the police. Boca politics because, in fact, I think Guillermo Barras is the one he also wanted yeah. from the beginning. Then he went to Lanús, he even he, he renewed the contract after winning the Copa Sudamericana, so that made things difficult because he, uh, of course, he always, uh, 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 incredibly for me, was a serious uh, was serious in terms of, of, of uh, uh, ending the contract, to finish it, not mm-hmm. to go. To leave Lanús before, uh, then well, this sort of thing about uh, on Palermo at Palermo that made uh, uh, things different because he, I think he knew that Arbarone was going to live and... I'm,
3: I'm not I'm not that that sold on that version. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, I I really I really think he wanted to manage in Europe and it was a good opportunity to him, and, uh, and I I think he really thought when he took that charge that he was going to get uh, the uh, the coaching badge in order to, to be the manager. And uh, obviously he, he didn't get it uh, in the end and uh, he couldn't coach, he couldn't be in the in the, in the pitch, even in the training ground, I think. Always keeping one eye on what was happening at Boca with... with yeah, and the I the when, and then when he saw after a couple of games he wasn't getting the badge and then Arrovarina was... He
1: always, said, he always said, as long as Arrovarina is the coach, I won't talk with anyone about Boca. But then I think that he yeah I don't I don't buy there that. There must
2: have no. been conversations. Yeah, but it's okay. Going, I mean, I'm not uh, going back to the uh, to the Angelisi thing just to, to wrap things up. Uh, a, a critique I saw on on Twitter was was that uh, Donofrio Rivers, uh, president who has done a wonderful job there since he's taken charge, has obviously been keeping uh, keeping River on track more so than Ancelisi. And an example of that is uh, Boca's fixture schedule, yeah. because on Sunday we played Racing, we okay. playing away. Away. On Thursday we're playing Racing again at home, and then three days after that we're playing River in the Super Clasico. Mm. And then we're away, the, the yeah. away in La Paz. And then Bolivar away in La Paz. So I
0: mean, the lobbying that
1: you say that he was lazy on that. Well, he could have. Yeah, yeah. obviously. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'd agree because on the one hand it's. In a way, it's a quirk of the fixture list because, of course, River were away in Venezuela last but week. Like, we know it doesn't want that way. Yeah. Which, exactly, which means that they can't play midweek now. But on the other hand, as Fede says, that's not how stuff works here. You don't get quirks of the fixture list, you get clubs lobbying for slightly larger yeah, if, if, if Angelisi hadn't been
2: lobbying at, at this courthouse that I was talking about and lobbying more at, at, at the AFA mm. or, or the Conmebol, mm-hmm. He, we could have gotten.
3: Yeah, it's not the first time that Boca has been. Uh, uh, I mean, the fixtures haven't been that good for us. I remember the San Lorenzo game, the last San Lorenzo game in the, the Premier Championship when uh, we did end up playing in a FIFA match day, so we didn't have Tevez for that very defining match, and that was another mistake on his part.
0: I have remembered what I was trying to say about five minutes ago. Um, which is that another of the demands that Barros and Quilotto... I shall pause to let the motorcycle go past. It's Davis on the motorcycle. I city. promise you, listeners, I always make a point of closing this, this patio window that's right next to us before we start recording, and yet this still happens on a weekly basis. Um, by the way, whilst we've been talking, San Lorenzo kicked off uh, against Toluca and um, two goals in the space of literally about 40 seconds. Uh, mean that the score is currently 1-1 after 15 minutes, 16 minutes. Um, Anyway, what I was going to say was there was another um, demand from Baros Echelotto, reportedly at least, before he um, signed his contract, which was that Carlos Tevez's influence over team affairs should be cut down a bit. Uh, Apparently he's got no issue with, with some of the things that Tevez brought back from Europe. Ideas like everybody having dinner in the dressing room after matches. I'd personally rather Go to a restaurant, but whatever floats your boat, I suppose. <laughs> um, and and ideas about team nutrition and stuff, which I guess he's, he's brought back from Europe, where of course these things are a little more advanced um, in in countries like England and Italy than than, than they are here in Argentina. And, uh, look, um, sorry,
1: but looking at uh, the way Boca plays, it looks like they are having eating barbecue all the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> particularly. Look, you just have to look at Andres Chavez I mean, he's, well, he's a well-built young. There's, there's
2: been a problem with uh, the uh, physical aspect of pocket players mm. since Bianchi, really, because if, Which, if you recall, the the big controversy
0: was how often players were getting injured. Mm. Yeah, constantly. Yeah, under Bianchi, and it was always muscle injuries in training as well, rather than yeah. But I think that was fixed under our are arena.
3: Banches, I mean, we didn't have that many injuries, or more than not as many as Bianchi. Ones. But no, not at all.
0: That's more to say that you sort of went from having loads and loads and loads to just having a relatively sort of okay amount I, I wouldn't but, say that was an issue for, but, for, um, yeah. but sorry right so I, I wonder first of all what you both thought about this suggestion from Barros and Gilotto that that uh, he he found Tevez and Tevez's agent having a little bit too much influence within the club it seems to be something that he sort of first noticed because apparently his, the initial contact between Boca and Barros and, and Gilotto wasn't between Bocca and Barra it was between Tevez's agent approaching Barra and Barra replying, well, who are you calling me on behalf of? I want to speak yeah. to a director. I don't want to have you to read him. why
3: he actually supposedly sent Roco, his agent? I have not, but please fill this in. Uh, supposedly, Bocca owes uh, Roco, that's Tevez's mm-hmm. agent, uh, money, money, some money. money from that transaction so the way they want to pay him is okay you can participate in different transactions <laughs> on behalf of Boca so you can earn your commission <laughs> that's yeah and, like, absurd yeah just it's absurd
1: can, it's incredible
2: well I mean going back to the point I think this is what we're welcoming about Barro I think uh, Arroa Arena was far too lenient
0: on mm. many players because other things as you say with the, with the training and the physical level are He doesn't want. He's made it a point that nobody's allowed to question his choice of of, uh, physical PF physical preparer uh, head head fitness coach, I guess the English equivalent, Um, because he knows that basically they're all going to fucking hate him initially for it, Um, and 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 so on various things like this. Well, he
2: couldn't. He couldn't keep Osvaldo under control during his loan spell. Tevez, he clearly couldn't control. He he had probably less authority than Tevez while Arroa was in charge and examples are, are plenty I mean you've got Pablo Perez who got booked every single match that he played and if I was in charge I'd say hang on guy you're not playing if you get booked again mm. you know just be a little you know reasonable because it just it literally was far too much it was far too much this leniency that he had and I think Barro will, will will rally the troops to, yeah, to a great degree. Yeah, he, he's
1: about to be sent off. Uh, his uh, substitute, he he's replaced, and and he even insults the, the Always the same. Oh, he was terrible
0: at the weekend against Racing. Absolutely, yeah, just terrible. having a, a, he was a tantrum a, about taking him off.
3: Yeah, yeah, we did discuss this a bit before we going started, and mm-hmm. I I I don't feel the same way as Fran does. Uh, I do think Teres is is different from the rest of the squad. I mean, he's a. Uh, a, a very important player not only be, because of the, the quality he has and he's obviously uh, one of the best strikers in the world and only in, in Boca but he's also very important for the club and I think some changes he, he has brought from Europe uh, are welcomed uh, like he, he brought some technologies and lamps to better take care of the pitch in the Bonera and, he's and it's,
0: it's worth bearing in mind as well that he, he's sort of getting criticised by Valorio and, and by indeed Mm-hmm. to an extent by, by by some journalists and fans here for, for this at the moment because of the fact that Barros Ecolotto brought it up yesterday in his meeting with Boca. But when Sebastián Verón came back as a player for Estudiantes, you know, everybody in Estudiantes loved him for it. They were saying, yeah, this guy's gone to Europe, and he's, he's bringing back his wisdom. And I mean, well, the difference, I guess, is that wisdom is not a word you can find yourself using with about Carlos Tevez because of the sort of public image that he has of Supposedly being a bit thick, which may or may not be true. I mean, I personally I don't think it is. Um, but it, it's interesting to see the the difference where essentially they're doing you know basically the same thing. But Tevez is seen as being a bit of a billy, big balls for it, whereas they're on scene. Yeah, is well, doing bo- it for the cells. Of, of Talking artist. about
3: Boca cells, and if you t- uh, obviously for, journalists will know. Uh, when you are solving a problem, it, it sells even more. So I mean, every problem you can talk uh, regards uh, regarding Boca. I mean, it, it will sell. So uh, everything Tevez, Tevez does is, is scrutinized, and uh, and the same happened with Osvaldo and every every Boca player. So I wouldn't take that much into consideration. I, I think. just think
2: I mean I I still think it's a concern when the uh, the um, the player exceeds the authority of a manager
0: yeah I, I, I agree disagree.
2: because that distorts the dynamic of authority at a club
3: I well, would agree with that I mean he's obviously a player so he can't uh, make decisions that the manager is supposed to make I agree 100% with that but with some players I, I think it's it's just different I mean the same happened with Riquelme he had a different influence that at the club because he was, I mean, one of the greatest players, in my opinion, the greatest player in, in Boca's history. So, I mean, trying to, to treat him like any other guy is, is nonsense. And, uh, and you have to channel the, the impact and the, the experience and the wisdom, as I mentioned, that David uh, brings from Europe in, in a positive way. Uh, yes, you, have, you are, as a coach, you are the head of the group and you have to manage him, but you have to find a way to channel all that experience and all that the positive impact. It is strange, though, how it doesn't happen at River. A legend
2: comes back to to River and he doesn't have a a big red phone in his office direct to the president Mm. of the club. Yeah, in in fact,
0: at River what's happened more often than not under Gachardo is they come back and then struggle to get into the team because Gachardo makes it clear, look, I'm not picking you. (laughs) And and that's a main difference. You you, you (laughs) could argue that River is signing the wrong club legends back, but at the same time, Gachardo isn't. Messing about with it and, and giving anybody special treatment—that's a good counterexample, I'd say. Uh, but then again, I mean the players uh, or the legends
3: that came back to River were past their prime, so they, yeah. they didn't have that impact on the pitch. So, as to have uh, an impact off the pitch as well, so it's really not that comparable, I'd say, to the. Davis but The problem
1: here is that Davis is not playing; is playing awful too uh, since the year started. I wouldn't say he awful. Has not be playing well, but he has been. The same for with, yeah. with, uh, with yeah. team and yeah. if you say, well, Messi plays ninety-five percent of the matches okay or 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 magnificently. So in that case, you can say, well, if Tevez wants a, 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 a girl to be with him in, during the training sessions, okay, bring bring that that girl because it's uh, Messi. Tevez now is in no condition, in no position for me, of course, in my opinion, to to ask or to decide or to uh, to. Put anything uh, in the team because he's in the same playing the same way. The, the, his, his teammates and even the other day uh, at, uh, they say saying, "I agree with that." Even his face is not the same. Yeah. He's like uh, like angry, like sad, like uh, not uh,
3: really happy. Yeah, not finding uh, his way around. Right? Yeah, mm. I, I I agree. He's underperforming. He's maybe at forty percent of his level, fifty. I mean, he's obviously not performing. Still playing at this level. He's by far the best player in the club. And uh, where Boca wins or loses, depends entirely on of him, or depended at least, with Arena. Yeah. And the 4-1 uh, win against News was his doing mostly. And he played brilliantly in that game. And that's why we won. And he was awful against Racing, and that's why we lost. I mean, uh, without Tevez, the team didn't have a single idea. And the, the two or three situations or, or chances we had was because, I mean, he tried for a couple Strange match
1: against Niels because Niels had, been, had, uh, had beaten... Racing 5 nil the previous game and then goes to the Bombonera and, and loses 5-1 yeah, uh, or 4-1. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yes, it's like Boca uh, well playing two matches okay then six or seven matches uh, awfully or or, or yeah. poor performances.
0: I think that that was the there was a stat tweeted during the uh, or towards the end of that match talking about the new thing. Uh, at the time which said something like it's the second time in the professional era that a club has won one game scoring five goals and then immediately lost and conceded four goals the very next match and I think we can all guess which club managed it the first time around it was rassing uh, if I'm remembering this stuff correctly uh, we're going to take a break in a minute but before we do one, and then we'll talk about the weekend's matches as a whole but before we do uh, one very quick last thing is that another thing that I read Uh, that's going to happen under Guichard Romero is that various and in fact you'd expect to happen under any new manager is that various players who've had very very set places in the team uh, so far and the eleven who actually go out onto the pitch are going to find their places much more up for grabs than they did before Um, all I have read so far is that in spite of the objections to his influence over the club affairs Tevez is not one of these players his place in the team is, is safe but more than anything to the two Boca fans, and as briefly as you like. But who would you guess the players are who Barosel Gallof is going to be looking at and going, you need to step your game up if you carry on if you want to carry on starting every game.
3: And I, w- I was going to ask you what, what you read because the team he fielded in today's practice was pretty much the same as uh, Rorena did. Well, uh-huh. was, example, see, was left out, which it, I wouldn't like, leave him
2: out because I wouldn't. Eat, I mean. Pablo Perez and Meli
0: haven't done anything more than Bendankura. No, so I I, was I, should, I should clarify, sorry to interrupt, but that I was reading this yesterday, mm-hmm. and I have not seen any elevens from the, the team who were training this it's afternoon.
3: Mostly the same the same squad Irona picked. I mean Meli from the start, and instead of Bendankura uh, and Chavez, instead of Palacios, uh, maybe I mean he doesn't want to change much because it's the first game and he, he only had one session. Mm. I, I'm hoping that's the case uh but to answer your question i I would hope meli never plays again Uh, okay maybe that's too harsh but he has been awful the the last couple of months i mean he can't really pass the ball to his teammates he can't shoot on target he can't recover ball so uh, he's been awful
2: in the medium term i think we can expect uh, a new number nine to sign for the club and Mm -hmm. barro teams have always had characteristically
3: Uh, Two snappy uh, number fives. Yeah, that too. Yeah, Herbes Herbes, uh, is recovering from an injury. I think he he trained well today. So maybe he'll be back in in no time. But more, more defensive than attacking
2: is what I mean, which Boca doesn't really have today other than maybe Cubas. Uh, yeah, Cubas and Arvis could be
3: good examples of that. And then I, w- I, w- I would, wouldn't be surprised to see Carrizo fit into the into team much more than he has so far. Hmm. Because uh, Barroso Esquiloto used to play with a four three three 3 3 or four two three one tactic, so he needs wingers. And uh, I would say that Carrizo is maybe the only winger in today's squad. Well,
2: Palacios as well.
3: Palacios can play as a winger, yeah, he could be another one. But then you can maybe call Chávez a winger, but not that much. He's like an inside forward, or he's uh, a striker yeah. as well. So, but then I can't think of anyone other than those three. So, it, it will be interesting to see if uh, Barasacoloso sticks with his favorite tactic and who he feels in that winger role, or if he, he has to change it to, to adapt to the the players he has so far and for now.
0: Absolutely. Uh, we're going to take a break now and refill our glasses, and when we come back, we will go over the weekend's matches and, and try and dig out of our memories what was happening and talk about some of the other main talking points. Oh, you couldn't have waited 10 seconds to do that, could you, Mr. <laughs> asshole on a motorbike? And talk about some of the other main talking points. And in the meantime, I might slip downstairs and slip 200 pesos to somebody to shut that bloody dog up. Uh, But for now, don't go away. we're doing things the other way round this week as I say we started off with talking about the main talking point and now we'll go back to talk about the games at the weekend or rather at least the the sort of juiciest um, ones we shall start with the one that as I said earlier I recommended people didn't bother watching which was Banfield Godoy Cruz which I didn't watch because I do follow my own advice and then I got home I didn't actually see the result until Saturday afternoon when I sat down to watch the Primera games and they started showing the goals I thought bloody hell um who did catch it? Did anybody comment on it at all, apart from this flurry of late goals?
3: I did, and
0: I think it addressed it as well.
3: Uh a pretty, pretty entertaining match, as Galois Cruz's games tend to be. Uh, they, are, uh, they have been, for the last years, a uh, very attacking-minded or poorly defending side, whatever you want to call it, and uh, and Banfield have been as well, and that I made, and I think that, that mentality has stayed, yeah. uh, at least for the moment. Uh, and it, it turned uh, the lead uh, changed a couple of times, and uh, finally, the Cruz uh, ended, ended up winning it. Again, uh, scoring in the 86th minute, then Banfield scoring, uh, tying it, and then the Cruz finally getting the winning goal in the
0: one minute before the end of the, of the match. So it was pretty a decent match, entertaining. I'm going to apologise now again for that dog. I swear to you that during the ten minutes we just had for a break, it wasn't barking at all, and now it's started squealing again. It's just down there across the roads, just squeaking at all of the other dogs. come with mummy dog. Yeah, I do wish it would shut up. Um, A word about Godoy Cruz, though, because when a team starts the season with a win and then carries on winning, as say Colón did, uh, we tend to give them a bit of praise, whereas I think when the team starts the season with a defeat and then hits form, they seem to fly under the radar just a little bit more, I guess because the season's so short that we still only have five games and three wins, one draw and one defeat doesn't look that spectacular until you consider that the defeat came in the first match and it was away to Rosario Central, since when they've managed to 1-1 draw at home to Independiente, followed by three straight wins against River, Colon, who at the time had won three in a row when they got to uh, Mendoza and then were demolished 4-1 start, and now they started winning and then one 4-1 one. yeah exactly and, and, and Godoy Cruz they're a bit of a weird club because they for obvious reasons they, they experience this kind of complete renewal of their squad at like every yes. 6 months to 12 months they seem to replace nearly all of their, their, their key players and sometimes often their manager as well because the board don't like having on the You discover some like players, like. like, for example, San, uh, Santiago Garcia, yeah. the, yeah. Garcia,
1: who was the, 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 goal scorer, the top goal scorer of the Uruguayan League, uh, uh, being, scoring more goals than Ivan Alonso, for example, the mm. one who is now at River, former Nacional.
0: And now he's got Sorry. four goals in, in, in their first five games. So he's played, let's see, yeah, he's played all five of them and he's got four goals. Um, and it seems like some years... This kind of renewal that they have of their squad doesn't quite work out, and so they will have a year where they dip. Last year they were very inconsistent, and then this year they suddenly they've, they've struck gold, which seems to happen as I say now and then. And, and so this year, they appear to be a team to watch. I'm, I'm going to hold up my hands now and say I'm sorry if I recommended that you didn't watch Godoy Cruz's match last week and you followed that advice. If I recommend that again this weekend, ignore the advice. <laughs> um, but I suspect I won't be um, recommending it. They are at home to on this weekend. So, I would say a win looks almost certain there, but this is the Argentine league, so you never know. Another team that I predicted, the, I think it was the
2: one or two podcasts ago, when we started the, uh, the season,
4: a
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, surprise team was Vélez, who are only a point behind. Yes, you're quite Guadalupe right. Cruz, and they've been looking pretty good. Pavone has been scoring quite a few goals. If
0: I remember rightly, in fact, you were the only person who didn't think Vélez were going to be terrible. Yeah. Uh, so, well done for us. And didn't go to and they, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Andres called out they've got the command. So let's go for Vélez first. They, they got a 2-1 win over Gimnasia with a last-minute free kick from somebody called Stilcado, who I have not heard of before. Uh, his first name is Santiago. Santiago Stilcado. to get a 2-1 win, which was a nice way of coming back from the 3-2 defeat away to San Lorenzo the previous uh, weekend. And again, three wins, two defeats from the season so far. But they're just generally looking, as indeed we said last week, um, it was you and me last week wasn't it Andres? And, yes. um, um, and as we said even in defeat to San Lorenzo they still looked like a team who were just generally playing a hell of a lot better and a hell of a lot more together than they were doing during 2015
1: that, uh, Another case that the, the coach changed more than simply the, the bench the, the the one who is at the bench
0: hmm. Yeah, absolutely um, And Baseda's it's his first job in management we have no way of knowing whether it was going to be a massive hit or a or a huge failure but so far at least he, he certainly seems to be the the former of those two and Atletico Tucumán who lost the previous weekend right is that right? Let's I don't remember exactly Atletico Tucumán yeah they did they they lost away to Lanús the weekend before last and then picked themselves up and got straight back to winning ways this weekend just gone they were playing Atletico de Rafaela, who it turns out are managing to be even shitter than they were last year Um, but still the pressure's on you need more points and 12 points from the first five matches given the way way. that the relegation system works here I think they're safe already I I think that uh, Atletico de Guamant can basically lose all of their remaining games this year well, this season, sorry, and they'll stay up.
1: Yes, that's because there is only one. Yeah,
0: Precisely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, one out of 30. But um, so far, they oh, They've been excellent, list, yeah. They? yeah. Yeah, yeah, they've, they've been really good. Yeah. It's got to be... 12 in 5, it's got to be, what, 1.4 points per game? Beat two of the big clubs, Racing and Boca. Yeah, in the first two matches. Mm-hmm. 2.4 points per game, sorry, of course it is. Um, so, well done, Atlético de Tucumán. Strange club, thing. for the moment by the way the bottom club uh, in the promedio are uh, neither Atletico de Rafaela um, nor the other promoter club Patronato. it's Huracan who have got 31 points from 32 games uh, they're joined in having less than a point a game by Sarmiento um, and then Argentinos Juniors have exactly a point a game so it's going to be a very keenly contested relegation battle this season but it looks like it's not going to involve either of the two teams we were most expecting to see down there who are of course the two promoted teams Atletico Tucumán and Patronato who are not doing as spectacularly as Atletico Tucumán are but they are doing pretty well themselves uh, 6 points from 5 games so far any other I suppose we have to talk about River against Independiente if only because Lucas Salario has done it again 11 goals in 20 appearances for River now That's the, the, the when Gachandos signed him people were going yes. I don't know whether he's quite
1: right it's a big difference that he makes because uh, especially in matches like this in which it's the typical the one the one who scores is the one who wins, mm. something like that. Because uh, in the, even even it the was a bit better, uh, not not uh, uh, spectacular, but was uh, like attacking more than River at that time uh, when the the match was coming to an end. And uh, uh, a header and uh, it's similar play like the one against Tigres for the final of the Copa Libertadores, but it was not the Palomita from Alario. Uh, it was. Uh, it was uh, a normal header that Russo Rodriguez, Diego Rodriguez, the goalkeeper couldn't uh, couldn't catch uh, giving a, bouncing the, the ball and then, then Alario uh,
0: made a, a big, a, a very very good, very, very good finish Yeah, and uh. and also as well as that astonishing goal record so far, he's also, you look at the games he's scored them in the RS Finals got the opener the, the semi-final of the Club World Cup which okay it's easy to look at it from the European point of view and go yeah but that's a match the South American side should always win but the fact is that they failed to do so in, on, on a couple of occasions and then it's a, a very high pressure match for the South American side and he's got a habit of doing it in derbies yes ring on Sunday well except that he's injured isn't he for Sunday so possibly don't ring on Sunday <laughs> Um but, but well done that man again. It was a bit of a weird match though. I think it's fair to say that I was expecting quite a lot of things from River Plate against Independiente, but I wasn't expecting it to still be nil-nil after 80 minutes because they're two teams who like to get forward and can't defend. So I'm not quite sure how yes, that happened.
1: Yes, strange situation that they good attacking and, and poor defending uh, with good strikers, I think. Uh, but, and then the other match is with San that that... Uh, had mm. a surprising and impressive ending. Yeah, Are we saying f- that
2: Gajardo's river has been characteristic for being poor in defence? Or
0: just in this uh, I, season? I think it's something that sort of seemed to me to creep in after the Libertadores last year because obviously they weren't focusing fully for the second half of last year. And they but it's, yet, it's so. been a big problem this season because, as I think we mentioned when we were doing the, the season preview episode when, when you two guys were last on, they... Um, got rid of, of a lot of defenders and for some reason now with Emmanuel Mamana basically being the only backup to Eder Alvarez-Balanta and Balanta getting injured Mamana didn't play the first couple of matches after that for whatever reason he preferred Gachano preferred Poncio in central defence which didn't work out um, I think that now Mamana is in central defence things are starting to I think come together a little bit I more think it's still going to take a couple more games I think before they're finished. Yes, I think so.
1: Alvarez-Balanta injured was like of course you don't never expect a, uh, an injury, and he had to prepare uh, Mamana to be back in the team because uh, it was like okay jump into the team, mm. and he wasn't playing any, any single minute. So uh, he, I think he tried with Poncio, and when well of course uh, he's not natural centre back. You could put Macherano at Barcelona, and perhaps try another another uh, things, but. Uh, Ponce is not natural centre back, he's not the high he's not high also to for example for a free kick or corner kick. Yeah. Uh, so I think that it's good for Mamana to recover the, the confidence to try to to be there and, and, and of course Gachardo with confidence of, of, of the coach. Um, but yes from from the from Funes Mori transference I think that things changed a bit or a lot because uh, Maidana uh, Along with Funes Mori was a, a, a spectacular pair of defenders that both were at the highest performance that he did, they could uh, just for the Copa Libertadores. And now Ma- Maidana's has his performance has been a bit uh, uh, worse than, than it was, and with not a, a, a fixed uh, couple, a fixed uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, center back there with him. Uh, that is very
0: complicated of yeah. course yeah um, good other than that Huracan San Lorenzo an equaliser for Huracan with 10 seconds left on the clock uh, to draw 1-1 at home to San Lorenzo I warned you all last week that the form book could go out the window um, on that one uh, and and so is proved Fernando Bellucci scoring his first league goal for San Lorenzo I think he, he got one apparently in the Super Cup against Boca but um, yeah. it was his first sort of let's say gone the proper match um, for the club I don't place as much importance on Super Cups as, as some people down here do um, but that was sort of an alright match for a lot of it it was fairly eh, it's a it, was, it was better than the Classic or the MSN8 of at the previous weekend yeah. but that's, that's a well. fairly low bar to clear yeah. um, and other noteworthy matches Rosario Central we have to talk about they beat Colón 3-0 with two Spectacular. Really, really beautiful goals. Uh, the first one, I think, was my favourite. Lo almost Van Basten-like volley. It wasn't <laughs> quite the same angle, but it was pretty bloody well taken. Are, are they the front runners for the title? No, I don't, I don't I think, think you, so. It's pretty hard to see anyone else yeah. winning if, the title. If, if they can, can rotate uh, the Libertadores... Actually, Codet
3: rotated in the Copa Libertadores. Uh, he's yeah. prioritising the, the championship, which I think is very smart. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Um, particularly during the group stages of the of the Libertadores, mm-hmm. if you're going to hope that right, we're still going to be in the competition with two games to go at the groups, whatever. Yeah. So. And maybe he's being realistic. Constantly.
3: I mean, Central hasn't been a, a title contender, uh, hasn't won a title in more than thirty years. Mm. So maybe just instead of trying to win everything and failing, as most teams do, in his position, maybe trying to focus in the uh, in the in the championship. I think a smart. For, uh, I think out of the
2: teams that I've seen in the last ten years in Argentina, I think it's the most solid team I've seen in terms of yeah. fluidity and attack, just relentlessly going forward. It's more than I saw Vélez at their prime. It's more than I saw Newell's at their prime. I mm. think. I think it's very hard to see uh, Rosario Central not taking at least the title home this season. They. What I want to ask, they though, kind of
0: remind me. Sorry to interrupt. They, they kind of remind me of. of of the Riverside that won the Sudamericana in 2014, mm. with the difference that Central are prioritising domestic competition, whereas that River team gave up the, the league title essentially for, for for the continental trophy. So they're kind of doing it the other way around. But, yeah, the, but the style. But is which one is more accessible
4: though?
0: For Central the league, for Central. No, is it? Probably yeah, probably yeah, yeah it I'd that. say yeah.
3: And they kept four clean sheets in five games. And yeah. thing now I mean, the who they didn't keep it. With how against solid the river who yeah. have a very good attack even if
0: they can't defend,
3: so.
2: But with how solid they're looking in in general, I mean because their defence is really good, they they recover the ball so quickly, they get it out of out of the back line so quickly as well. I, I think right now, I mean obviously I don't follow the football in, in all the other countries in South America, but I don't I haven't heard of a team that's playing better football than Rosario Central in South America right Yeah, now. I'm not
3: sure they have that,
0: that that much depth so as to maybe compete in both uh as, as was sort of betrayed by the draw against Nacional mm-hmm. last week where they were slightly fortunate to to, to hang on for it, um, and, and sort of it wasn't like they were completely outplayed, but the draw wasn't an unfair result. So were, were it's a ready. question of depth. Precisely, yeah.
3: yeah. but I think they are the better sides so far but, in, in Argentina. I mean, in
0: the league, the results so far have been a 1-0 win to Godoy Cruz, which, as I was saying earlier, it now turns out that's quite an impressive result, even though at the time we all sort of looked at it and went, eh. Um, 2-0 at home to Newell's old boys. Less impressive for the standard of the opponents, but... It's the classico, huge pressure, and they played them off the they pitch. They haven't lost four, a classico yeah. in years. More yeah, than it's, I think they've won the last four in a row now. More no, than four. I think it's like six in a something row. Something like six of the last seven. Oh, um, it's, it's a ridiculous record? Record?
1: Remarkable record. also for me, uh, talking about Central, is that, for example, there is a, a kid like Giovanni Lo Celso. Like now you are used to watch him play in the starting lineup and leaving Franco Serbian in the bench. Yeah.
4: And, and three well, This, this ago, time last
0: year we were all raving about Franco Cerri after he scored yeah. that goal against Racing in the very opening of the opener. season the way to the, the champions as they were of Argentina at the time And now Marcelo well, comes there and it turns out he's better yeah. I mean, There's just something
2: special in the air in, in the yeah. Gigante Arrojito I mean you have such a crazy atmosphere during every single match the, the reception of the team But in against favor
1: of the players it's not that they, they are with the pressure and they No can... no no
2: exactly yeah it's a very positive atmosphere. The, uh, the the fans were absolutely mental against River and against Nacional. I mean things didn't quite work out against Nacional then. Maybe it is a question of depth, but I, I haven't seen football like that in, in Argentina in quite a while. Quite a while yeah.
0: And it's also worth mentioning that Eduardo Cordet took charge just over a year ago. Just over a year ago, I'm <laughs> shouting. Um, he, the 2015 championship was, was his first, the first match of that championship, that, that win over Racing, was his first game in charge when he took over they were coming off the back of really quite a poor torneo de transition. Um he has yet to lose a home match as Rosario central manager just crazy 19 games unbeaten now um, it's it's quite ridiculous and I think that if they stay unbeaten this weekend which they are at home to Banfield I think that that's going to be a new club record wow. um, I have a feeling that the, the last game equaled their all time club record of, of uh unbeaten home games in all competitions so well done Central always always try and tune in to watch Rosario Central play at the moment because they are a pleasure to watch um, and as I say I'm going to pick Nochelso's volley just over Marco events first although they were both magnificent hits um, any other issues to tie up from the weekend just trying to stifle a burp as I was saying that. Sorry. sorry um, temporarily winning the second game in a row they they were in a
3: hard position. Uh, they were candidates for the relegation, maybe for before this, and they won uh, two in a row. Again, Rafaela is not uh, yes. that yeah, much of a
0: challenge, but then beating Tigre, uh, so two games in a row. Looks after like after, after starting the season with a draw, a draw against and us then, and then two defeats and without scoring any goals, mm-hmm. yeah. very impressive. they picked up. Okay, it's against. Well, Rafaela are just the worst team in the division, I think. Um, yes, and, they, and they they and need the a the yellow
1: t shirt to be Cruzeiro del Norte,
0: perhaps Same, similar <laughs> similar performances. There were similar performances last year, really, to Cruzeiro del Norte. But I think the difference was that kind of Atlético de Rafaela sort of knew who they were playing against in some cases, whereas Cruzeiro del Norte were just so new to the division that. That they they didn't have that advantage uh, because the the points total I think from last year was very very similar. To yeah, and the average. i um, um, now. Uh, benefited Rafaela last year. Precisely, yeah. Which which it very much is not going to, particularly next season. Um, but last season's league table, Atletico Rafaela got 23 points from 30 matches. Cruzado and Norte finished with 14, which is Shocking. Yeah, historically I mean, awful, yeah. That was because they managed to lose all of their away games. And if you factor that bit out of the equation, um, the rest of the record, their the home records, I suspect, are not that dissimilar. In fact, Corsero del Norte did precisely as well at home. Uh, both of them last year got three home wins, five home draws, and seven home defeats. So that tells you something. Yeah, Tripoli was not that that bit off last, last
3: season. So, yeah. That's the relegation battle. Those and uh, Huracan, who we mentioned, we covered before. For sure,
0: yeah. So yeah, just, just to, to reiterate the relegation battle at the moment: Huracan at bottom, Sarmiento second bottom, Argentinos Juniors are third bottom, and Templea just above uh, those, their fourth bottom. And then there's a jump to Atlético de Rafaela, who, like I say, I suspect are going to be safe until next season, when they're going to be in very, very deep shit indeed because yeah, the 2013-14 season comes off when they actually did pretty well. Um, but all the same, if Atletico can't start to pick up some point, Atletico de Rafaela fairly up. soon, you could actually see them sliding some way down the table, even this campaign, if the others below them start to win a couple. Yeah, and it's it's fun to mention now, we don't know how many teams will be relegated
3: next season, but it hasn't mentioned... That's Mariano.
0: Sorry, Mariano just appeared on the television during the half time break. Or at least He's his catching. fourth patch did. He was looking like down the floor. <laughs> Carry on.
3: Uh, what was I saying? Yes, uh, we've been, uh, it's been mentioned that maybe four teams will be relegated and to go go up next year, so as to try to bring the number up to a reasonable level.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So, uh, if that's the case, they will be screwed, I'd say. And uh, a lot of, of teams that maybe will will be saved this this championship will will have to fight hard for to stay up in the in the full. Yes, but uh, at, at least they
1: have some air. This. Uh, six months and then yes, they will have one year of a year. Something. Yeah, yeah. It's
3: it's not been confirmed as as I mentioned, but uh, I think it's it's quite safe to assume that it,
4: it the number of things will will start left. to go down next a, a, everybody season. Everybody right? wants
0: it the second that Ronaldo died. Yeah, everybody immediately started going right. We've got to start making the pre banner make sense again. Um, yeah, and you know what? I mean, uh,
3: yeah. as no big clubs are are, are amongst uh, the, the the teams uh, that are. Uh, it's a good time to start. And about, as well, yeah. about
1: promotions and relegations, perhaps we we should take a look on the discussion that it was uh, that had place tonight about the, the 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 money that will be mm-hmm. uh, distributed to the different teams
0: that for this season and,
1: and the small clubs uh, pro- pro- protesting and complaining about that.
0: Yeah, oh, that's a very good point. Yeah, do you want to in fact? Uh, Fill us in a little bit on that, address.
1: Yes, uh, I don't remember exactly the, the, the sum of money, the, the, the figures of
3: the money. There were three tiers. Uh, the first tier is Bokkan River getting six and a half million pesos a month. Uh, second tier is uh, the rest of the big five and Vélez. So that's Racing, Independiente, San Lorenzo and Vélez. Getting, I think it's three millions or... No, I think it's like five. Uh, it's five, not uh, much. Yeah. Okay, so three was the third tier, maybe. And all the rest of the, so it's the 24 clubs that are in the first division, other than the, the ones, the six we've mentioned, uh, getting uh, 3 million uh, pesos per month.
0: It's worth saying that whilst a few people, and particularly a lot of fans um, on, on Twitter, are getting quite upset about this and, and saying everything, this was all detailed in an AFA circular that was passed around to the AFA uh, directors, i.e. The, the directors of the clubs, um, a month ago and got approved on Monday and the only club in that month who raised up their hands and said hang on a second this isn't fair we want some more money because we're a bigger club than that was Rosario Central they were the only team the two Estudiantes teams suddenly now the presidents are up in arms going oh no we, la- we la- want la- more the money teams. as well the two, sorry yes <laughs> the two mm-hmm. la- la- the Estudiantes and Ignacia thank you uh, Fran um, are now suddenly all going oh no we want more money too but when the time was actually there they voted for it on Monday and it was Central were the only team who, who went no no this, this isn't fair on us we, we want a fairer a more even distribution all round um, including you know all the teams in the, in the ascenso in the lower divisions no, That's so just a sign of what's to come
2: if Segura
0: keeps uh, keeps his place at precisely the yeah that. because there were some directors who were saying that they didn't receive the the circular or at least they didn't receive the pages which had to do with the the money, and on the one hand you think, well, you know, you could have sent to the AFA, A, hey, you've not sent us this bit, but on the other hand, also, the AFA need to be actually sending this stuff out, um, and as you quite rightly say, it's, it's sort of symbolic of, A, the general kind of administrative inertia that seems to happen in Argentina with this kind of thing, and B, it's symbolic of the new AFA, where everybody now has much more of a say than they did before, certainly, but that somehow gets... Outweighed by the fact that it's just such a disorganized mess that nobody really knows what they can do. I guess it's very yeah. But
3: and even when Book and River are getting much, uh, much more than the rest of the clubs, it's 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 still not fair. I mean, the, the TV ratings are should should give Book and River a, a higher percentage of the money. Hmm. So they are getting a lower percentage of of what they should get. If they they took the ratings as a, the TV ratings as a, but as a measure,
0: but ah. it's kind of difficult to do because the natural thing, the the way that it's done in England, for instance, and and if you compare the English Premier League system to to the the system in La Liga in in Spain, mm-hmm. in La Liga, whatever happens, Barcelona and Real Madrid get like too much money. Let, let's exaggerate for comic effect. Get like ninety percent of the TV rights between the two of them, and everybody else gets ten percent. I mean. It's that's, that's an exaggeration, but it's not as much of an exaggeration as, as I wish it was. Yes, but that, that the percentage is high anyway. Whereas, exactly, exactly. And whereas in England, there are many, many, many problems with, with the power and the amount of finance that there is in, in the English Premier League. Don't get me wrong, I'm no fan of big football, in spite of being a fan of, of one of the biggest clubs in England. Um, Still? In, in England, it's, it's a more... Yeah, <laughs> In England, it's... It, there's a more equitable distribution of those TV rights. It doesn't help the lower leagues at all because the, the gap to them is, is absolutely enormous. But within the Premier League, it now means that you have a situation where essentially the 20 Premier League teams next season are going to be 20 of the 30 richest clubs on the planet because of, of the amount of TV money that's going in. And the fact that the gap from whoever wins the league this year to whoever finishes bottom of the league this year, the the amount of money that they get in TV money is going to be less than the gap between Real Madrid and whoever finishes like fourth in La Liga um, this season and there's something you know fairly similar in Argentina except that's not even tied to well I guess like the Spanish system it's not tied to league position River or Boca could finish bottom of the championship and they'd still get a huge amount of money whereas Atletico Tucumán could could win this year's championship and they'd still get less television money than anybody else and I suppose in a way from the TV from the point of view of the people who are paying for the TV rights you think well yeah, that's, that's fair enough because even if Boca are doing terribly or River are doing terribly are generating more money They are still yes. going to get way more people interested yes. in watching their matches on television than Atletico Tucumán if Atletico Tucumán is steamroller in the rest of the At least there week.
1: will be less people in the in the stadium but the people on TV they will continue watching it uh, but what is incredible for me uh, I, th- I, I think I'm not wrong but I, I could be wrong uh, Segura saying that well, the money is this is the money that we have. Hmm. If the teams want to receive more money, there will be teams that will receive less.
0: In fact, yeah, of, yeah. They, they must arrange this. The teams you can't arrange... They even split, surely? Yes. I even split, surely. And in case what I was saying a minute ago is, is taken to be justified the current system, by the way, I mean, I'd like to just expand a little bit more. So it would be very, very nice if... So, so what I was giving was, was the sort of television rights buyer's perspective. It would be very nice if, if they could say... Bollocks to what the TV writers, uh, what, what the TV rights buyers want. This is the total amount of money we've taken from television rights, and we're going to distribute it according to league position, not according to the share of the audience. Because that then, yes. if a smaller club has a really good campaign, allows that smaller club to say, "Hey, we've got a bit more money to, to go into this, and let's invest and try and be competitive next season." And then everybody wins. Or they could have been, because you've got a more competitive it, it, league. It,
3: audience. Or it could be a combination of both. You could have a, a part of the of the television money and be allocated. Uh, by the ratings you have or mm-hmm. the amount of fans you bring in to, to, to tune in and then an another bonus or another part of the money
0: uh, yeah, exactly. given
3: out or handed out yeah. d- depending they on the, the, the final the, position
0: the, the difficulty obviously of implementing something like that is just that the big five and particularly Boca and River do get such a huge amount of interest more than the rest of the league and that, that's a situation in some way that happens because the media perpetuate it so much mm-hmm. yeah. um, but it happens that it is then very difficult to turn around in Argentina and say uh, yeah River this season you finished below Atletico Tucumán in the league so we're giving you less TV money Yeah, I mean I think Boc and River would be lovely if it happens but it's not going to happen
3: I think Bocan River make up like 50 or 60% of the ratings every weekend mm. and they get around 20% of the TV money I mean it's still much more than the other teams get what well, yeah. I think is that perhaps Football Para could have been could have
1: taken advantage of uh, Big channels like uh, Canal 13 uh, and uh, Channel 13 and 11 to, on, on broadcasting the, the, the major uh, matches, River and Boca, and ask man, more money from them so that uh, small clubs perhaps could be benefited from that. I, even broadcasting River and Boca, but if there is the, the, the money that is uh, being distributed is, is, is not a lot of money. Well, uh, you could, they could have taken advantage of this, of for example, big channels recovering the the, the broadcasting of the matches, and, and so be uh, with more money available to to, to for the clubs that could be benefit for for the
0: for the small ones, I think. Absolutely, we're going to take a break now, and we're going to come back afterwards, yeah. and we're going to answer your questions, dear listeners. So don't go anywhere. questions we're going a bit longer this week after a couple of very short episodes which are always a pleasure to edit but um there are more of us and there was more to talk about this week so it's inevitable uh first of all la liga gav sends more of a comment than a question really he says i've just found you guys i love the primera a cracking pod thank you gav and we hope that you continue to enjoy us um andres has sent in a question himself yes yeah. Saying automatic question for under pod 20, uh, 2015 two, 215. I did that last week as well. Uh, uh he says Tevez's agent <laughs> met with Jorge Sampaoli because Tevez doesn't like Guillermo Barroso Quiroto. Spicy is Andres' comment. Um, rumors, yes, yeah. it's rumors because uh, the, the bit about him meeting with yeah. Sampaoli seems to be confirmed, but the reasons for it are maybe as you said earlier, Fede, maybe it was more to do with this giving the agent the chance to make a deal.
3: It was that, and also I think they wanted to like, show, OK, our first priority is San Paoli, OK, that doesn't work out. OK,
0: now let's talk to Guillermo. I think as well, from Bocca's point of view, it's almost worth... Although, obviously, Sampaoli was, was on, on record of saying many times that his dream is to manage River. He said, I think more than once, that, that he'd never manage Bocca because of the fact that he's a big River fan, although obviously it doesn't stop everybody from getting involved. But it was almost kind of worth them trying because he's available... If he'd said yes, then they'd have a fantastic manager now and they'd also be able to point at River and laugh and go, ah, you see, this is what your idols do to you. they fuck you over. Nah, he's not um, a River idol. From from the point of view... No, no, sure, but he, he's somebody who I think a lot of River fans would love. Would we'll love. River if if Gargiolo were to um, leave,
2: they would, he would be uh, their first choice. Precisely. Obviously.
0: And and, and so I think from from Bocca's point of view, although the most likely thing was always going to be that São Paulo just kind of went, no, thanks, but no thanks it was always worth making the attempt yeah,
3: and I think he, there, uh, it was reported that Sampoli was interested but he like he demanded too much money and also made some conditions and he wanted to n- not take over now but in June so I mean it wasn't going to work out but he did listen to us
0: essentially he wants a European job exactly I, think yeah, that I that's, mean that's he, he's been
3: linked thing. to Porto to Chelsea yeah. so I mean it, it was a long shot. perhaps
1: Sampoli, on the only black spot is the way he left Chile Mm. It's not, I think I think he wasn't so he's he wasn't to blame totally about the 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 affair he had the, because they said publicly how how many he earned
3: but yeah and he and he's, he he said he he was a prisoner in Chile so i mean it's not the yes. the best
0: way to put
1: so but yeah. opera. but yeah
0: uh, if Jorge Sampaoli's lawyers are listening, by the way, I would like to mention that Andres mentioning an affair is solely because Andres is not a native English speaker. we are Yes, to the issues, sorry. But, uh, no affair issue. Just to clarify, I'm not trying to um, shit on you, but I just want to make sure that we've, we're, we're covered legally for these things. Uh, <laughs> so don't, don't make things up again, very naughty yes. boy. Um, Chris Murtag says, is the only reason that we're seeing more goals this season due to the shorter format? I'm getting used to the goals are we see more goals this season that's an interesting
2: point probably probably teams are taking more of a
0: risk there's a very good site which is called Universo Football which is what I use for our um, league tables and results and stuff during recording and they have a page which gives us the numbers from round to round and I think in total as well so far for goals in total over the first five matches we have seen an average of 2.81 per game for the 2015 That's championship... That's high. That's very it's high. It's certainly high, yeah, when you think that betting websites tend to put the average at 2.5. For the 2015 championship overall, we saw 2.23, so it is up indeed. Uh, and for the 2014 uh, Transicion, which of course was the last short championship, it was 2.58. So maybe there is something to shorter uh, championships. I Yeah. not so. But then having said that, we've been having short championships in Argentina for Two and a half decades, essentially, with this last year. Yeah, but I the mean, exception.
2: the last the last tournament was long, so it's probably that psychological effect of you know coming on the back of a of a longer tournament. It
0: could be. I, I think that there's something perhaps to the fact that Ooh, how many of the more kind of let's say influential teams, but River and Independent uh, and um, San Lorenzo certainly yeah. have both in River's case, we discussed it a while ago, and in San Lorenzo's case, they've switched to a far more attacking manager. Um, and therefore, we started seeing, I think, more goals on average in both of their games, because they've started conceding as well as scoring. Um, but, so that's I I but I think that... It's difficult to sort of give a reason, really, isn't I think it? there's been
3: a... Uh, I read a, a tweet from Barski, a uh, very well-known journalist here in Argentina, mm-hmm. uh, that the last, uh, I think it was 21 managers that managed to be champion, in, in Argentina, uh, none of them have a job right now in in Argentina. So there's been a generational change, and a lot of uh, of new managers are appearing, yeah. and very young managers. And I think maybe the the Guardiola effect, if you can call it, uh, of m- possession-based, attacking-minded uh, football, yeah. uh, is is starting to make an impact. So that that could be a, a good explanation for that.
0: So yeah, possibly something along the lines of. Yeah, what we've been talking about in a slightly different context for some time, this new, ma- new generation of managers coming through. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a comment from somebody called Francisco Aldasho, who says he's on his way. Thank you for letting us know from. This was, Who's uh, that? that? Well, indeed. That was a couple of hours ago, though. He's here now. But he's here. Yes, he is. Oh. He is now. Uh, Phil Carney says, what are your thoughts on Pepe Sand? <laughs> That's a very good question. He says he's had a great brackets re close brackets, start at Lanús. Can you think of any other journeyman who have been so good for one particular club? We should think about. He's been good outside Lanus as well, or decent at outside Lanus as well. But he's not quite hit the same heights outside. No, Lannes no, Lannes no as he did. No. I mean, he was shocking for. But a he, couple of other clubs. He, for he was decent.
1: River. He was decent at, at the CV, Not this. Not at, at the point that is he uh, now at Lanús. Uh, I, I, and I'm impressed
0: about his level because. Uh,
3: maybe Vichy Fuertes in Cologne?
0: Yeah. Yes, could be. Oh, yeah, maybe. But that he just spent absolutely years and years and years with Cologne, didn't he? Yeah,
3: but he did play in, in River and I think he played in Europe as well. Oh, River Racing positive, Independiente, yeah. no, uh, Platense.
0: Well. Yeah. So, yeah, I can think of him. I don't know if, uh, if there's any other one that comes to mind right now. Not off the top of our heads. Esco Sherba Matte Papi okay it's a fantastic username. yeah Uh, says why is Tevez such a bruto? he's breaking I'm going to read this out exactly because it's quite an amusing typographical error (laughs) Uh, breaking legs and Jews Jesus Christ I think he means breaking legs and jaws because um, one thing that we forgot to mention last week was that when Carlos Tevez collided with uh, Newell's old boys goalkeeper Ezequiel Unsaín in that 4-1 win um, a couple of weeks ago he, he broke his jaw um Accidentally, clumsily, certainly, he could have yes. perhaps done a bit more to get out of the way of would. We didn't feel that goalkeeper was awful. I mean, <laughs> but
3: sorry, I, I have joke. to admit, when it's it
0: funny. happened, my initial thing was I mean after what happened with Ezekiel Ham, you sort of think once is, is bad luck, twice is potentially very mm-hmm. bad luck, but if it happens again, it's going to be like a spree or something, isn't it? Technically. I think
3: he plays at a, at a higher revolutions. Yeah, uh, that, that uh, from his teammates. So maybe he goes uh, a bit further than than advised. I don't think he's uh, bad. He he has bad intention, bad intentions, or that he wants mm. to to hurt our players.
1: Funny thing about this is that he had to text message unsign uh, because he would not talk.
4: <laughs> I hadn't read about it. That's hilarious.
0: Um, Chris Hartley asks, who goes into the Superclasico in better shape? Chris Oof. quite rightly picking out that this should be the Superclasico preview episode, but we've had so much else to talk about that we've glossed over it. Um, I'm going to tentatively say, I think, River, because although they have a couple of injuries, they do have a settled right. manager and a settled plan, whereas Boca have obviously got, and, and also have had six days to prepare for the match, whereas Boca are going to have had... Uh, two full days to prepare. And they're at and home as to the well. brand-new manager, yeah. River have got home advantage, although in the Superclassic, I think what nice,
1: is key about this match, of course, this match, uh, it's an extension of the summer matches, in which we, they were friendlies, but uh, they count on, on, on for example, Barrena, fighting now, mm. is that uh, River and Luka meet with the same amount of points and the same exactly the same uh, perhaps performances i think because river wasn't good enough but winning the, the copa sudamericana in 2014 and the copa libertadores 2015 of course they gave river a sensation of they that they were they are with their their backs, higher backs than uh, boca yeah. now because and, they
0: a, and as well there's i think a, just a little bit of a sense that river have at least managed to click in a couple of matches Boca had the 4-1 win over Newells, but that was that as much I as anything because Newells were shocking, I think. And I'm not trying to take sort of credit away from Boca or, or or do them down, but Newells were really not very good in that game. River started slowly, especially as we say in defence, but now in the last two games against Trujizanos and, and, and against Independiente, they managed to keep clean sheets. And there's also obviously the danger that when River have clicked this season, they, they've, they've looked particularly the, going forward. It's true that the,
1: the team is, is in a... In Way that way down, uh, the, the the match against Benin, perhaps, is, is a is, a, is a defeat, mm. uh, and they finally won it because, uh, well, they they have Alario there, and yeah. for example, Boca uh, lacks of, of of a of a natural striker because of is injured and I don't know if he
0: will get. But said against that, of course, Boca are going to be an unknown quantity for River because they've changed the manager right beforehand, and that means Gachalos have to guess what Barros Eculotto does he's going to have to guess the team because presumably Barros Eculotto isn't going to play exactly the same 11 tomorrow night and then do the same thing on on Sunday Um, but interestingly I think of the two normally like I said before a Classico, we'd have been going big on it's Riverbock on Sunday what are we expecting from it I'm kind of more interested to see Thursday evening's game because after the start that Boca had uh, last week when they drew 0-0 against Deportivo Cali it wasn't by Arroba Barrena's Boca standards it wasn't a particularly bad match it was horrible to watch because the referee was allowing all kinds of stuff and I think there was something like 53 fouls or something by the end of the game it was horrendously bad for both sides it wasn't pretty but there were sort of you could argue that the referee allowing Cali players to kick Boca all over the pitch and allowing Carlos Tevez to boot somebody up the arse and only get a booking or so it was kind of an extenuating circumstance for both teams there to an extent um but whatever happens, they have one point from one game. The next match, next weekend in the uh, sorry next midweek in the Libertadores, is away to Bolivar in La Paz. Okay, Bolivar it's got fresh four-one by Racing last week, but at home in La Paz they're going to be a different um, kettle of fish altogether. And so if Boca don't get a win tomorrow, you could see them only having one or two points after three matches in the in the group stage. That's that's not a disaster, obviously River had that after, after three matches of last year's Libertadores group and look how that ended up um, So, but it's not the way that you would like to start your Copa Libertadores campaign and so I'm kind of more interested in, in Thursday Thursday's match than I am in, in Sunday's match almost in spite of the fact that I'm a river sympathiser and and therefore I should be more geared up for the superclasico I'm really looking forward to seeing what Barros Eculotto gets out of Boca and and, and what situation Boca end up in after tomorrow evening's match because it could you know depending on the result the dynamic could change wildly in, in that group at least in the Libertadores I have high hopes I think I think we're going to win tomorrow okay
2: I think I think the uh, the effect is going to be immediate I hope
3: I'm not wrong but that's just the impression that I get mm-hmm. uh, I, I won't agree with you Sam here I'm more excited about the Super the superclasico it's it's a less it, it's of less importance I would I would say I mean maybe the Libertadores match is uh, vital I would say as, as you mentioned it's a tricky fixture against Bolivar next week so uh, we need the the win but the the river match is always a special and uh, I
0: think this is the intrigue that comes into it as well because if Barcelona first two matches were resting at home in the Libertadores followed by yeah, or like a, can a, or a trip to Mendoza to play Godoy Cruz or something. It would be like, oh, who really gives a shit about that? But the fact that they've got to then go to River, and then a couple of days after that they've got to go to La Paz, it's a real baptism of fire. I mean, everybody's going, oh, racing in the Libertadores and then away to River is the baptism of fire. But also, you add in that third game as well, and it means that he's going to have in the space of a week we, three very he, very hard. I think what he will do is if they're there, um, the same players, of course.
1: Yeah, there are some players because there isn't a transfer window now. Uh, he will uh, make the the players watch the videos against River for the Sudamericana and the Copa Torres, and say, "You have to play like this, like River did. Mm-hmm. You have to play this way against them." Uh, yeah. Then, then we will see if the if the result is, the score is, if in favor of of not, but uh, to to live a, a different image. For the full supporters, for Boca supporters, of course.
3: Absolutely. And, and a fun fact about Boca River: as much as River has, uh, I would say, dominated Boca in the the, the last year and a half, uh, River hasn't scored a goal against Boca that it wasn't a penalty kick, including friendly since uh, 2014. Oh, I remember you telling the, me that the, before we last recorded yeah. the the
0: the, bis- uh, the bis- goal in the South American semifinal second leg? Uh, since then. Well, that's that's the thing because Roberto Reina famously has this. Dreadful record for Boca against big well, five Boca sides. Scored that match either. Fifteen games and, and, and only three of them won against the other big five sides. Two of those victories were against River. Yeah, but they, they happened to be in the league where won. basically nobody cared because River won the continental. Exactly. Matches. Yeah, one one was before the, the the Libertadores
3: clash, so that was not important at yeah. all. The other one, the the one 0 win with Doideros goal in in Monumental, the last official match was was important. So I, I will give him credit for that. But uh, it's an interesting, I mean, I, I would agree that River has dominated the, the Clásicos uh, f- the, for the recent time, but
0: they, they haven't scored that, that much against us, so it, it will be interesting to see what happens. Mm. Um, but to go back to Chris's original question, I think we sort of all agree that River yeah. have the advantage and therefore would go into it in better shape, sort of just about, bearing in mind that River have got a couple of, of injuries, but Boca have... A bit more to, to maybe cancel that. Translating out, right,
1: so. it into into old all, previous odds, pre pre match odds.
3: 35
0: River will have the we be the Something favorites, clearly like yeah. favorites. That yeah. sounds about
2: right. Uh, two, um, two matches no. that, uh, played against River
0: were penalties for
2: River. 1-0 yeah. wins.
0: Yeah, indeed. Uh, La Liga Gab is back with uh, one question, although he's tweeted it twice, uh, possibly accidentally. He says, "New to the podcast, welcome back again." Uh, any chance that my boys Estudiantes can win the league this season I'm going to go with no Yeah, I mean not me literally no chance obviously um, but I would be surprised they have started sort of accepting yeah better than expected I mean, we didn't I've not been in looking at any of the groups by the way throughout the season so far Estudiantes are in group 2 and they are 4th in group 2 uh, with 10 points they're only 3 points behind Lanus who've started um, very very well indeed but the fact that it's just the top team in each group going into the final I think Estudiantes are going to get squeezed out of that but they have undoubtedly um, improved compared with, with what they were last season Yeah and, and
3: they are uh, doing better than expected we did mention in the preview that uh, I mean they had a lot of, of suspensions because of that uh, brawl with the Gymnasia squad in the in the summer friendly uh, a lot of, of, of players got suspended uh, yeah. and they've been doing better than expected Say,
0: and they did Although Argentinos Juniors are a very, very bad team indeed, Estudiantes did play very well on Saturday, and the first goal in particular, the very early one, uh, from Facundo Quintana, overhead kick, after some very nice work down the right wing to set it up, was just spectacular. Uh, one of the many assists that we've seen in this championship. Talking
1: about, sorry, but talking about Estudiantes, not, not exactly Estudiantes, but, and, and Peter, it will be good for Peter to be here to answer this question. Is, is Peregrino the world's manager? now than he was last year because Independiente is the, not the, it's, I think he's suffering the same, thing, same things like that, than Boca mm. with you n- uh, you and not knowing
0: what he's trying to play for uh, I think maybe yeah they they've possibly a bit of extra pressure as well they're the only one of the, the grandes plus central who aren't in the Copa Libertadores and therefore they were maybe expected to do Get off to a flying start. They've had big. some tricky yeah. fixtures as well. Exactly. Playing, yeah, rushing to and,
3: and River back-to-back. So, I wouldn't count them out just yet. Him
1: and, well, uh, Rodríguez, Russell Rodríguez, who is... Uh, this is scapegoat. Uh, I mean, I, I think the, the, the independent fans are too I'm not saying he's bad, but the, the, every time he makes a mistake or he doesn't save a goal, uh, social networks, especially Twitter, are are, are laughing over all the time about him. do you him. say...
0: By the way, saw sorry to interrupt on this, but when you say playing Racing and River back to back, that's not the only. And of luck. Central, it's, yeah. Had to go away to Godoy Cruz, so as I say, in the second round, we had looked at that and went, "Oh, that should be a fairly good game." But you know, nothing. But since then, Godoy Cruz, it turns out a, a very good team. <laughs> They've turned into one anyway. And then at home to Central, followed by Racing, and then followed by River. So it's uh, and, yeah, and the different. third round. So that that game against Central was the midweek one, wasn't it? So in very quick succession yeah. so that really is, is not just an unlucky fixture it's, yeah they've already played they the,
3: the, the toughest fixtures so yep. far
0: so they could uh, potentially end up in the top if they improve very um, much yeah I mean th- they've now got home to Colón away to Banfield home to Patronato away to Sarmiento at home to Olimpo away to Vélez which yes. could be tricky if mm. Vélez carry on and then away to Racing, which is the big one at uh, home to San Lorenzo and then they finish away to Gimnasia at home to Arsenal away to Quilmes. So, again, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. They you, to improve, but they... Yeah, they've arguably had the had the trickiest fixtures already. Um, so, Estudiantes, no, probably won't win the league this season, but they are much better than they were. Liam Kelly, who is no relation to me, says, I did not know that Jorge Sampaoli was a river supporter. You would like to think he'll be the next manager when Gachando goes to Europe. Mm, Possibly, fuck. except that I suspect that, that Sampaoli is going to be in Europe himself yes. by that point. But... Yeah. He'll eventually manage River. Hopefully he will eventually manage River one day, yeah. And Roberto Rojas says, what did you think will happen to Boca if they fail to get a win against Racing on Thursday evening and against River on Sunday? Oof. Well, you've got a new manager now, so he should be insulated against it for a few games. No, he's definitely going to be insulated against it. He hasn't had any time to work with the team. Particularly given that no Boca fans are going to be present at either of these matches because of mm. course Thursday night's match is, is is behind closed doors so that's as well the fact that no one's going to be in the stadium I guess at least gives him a little bit of of, of leeway there as well it won't
2: change things uh, in terms of it's the not like s-
0: nobody's going to be able to see the game obviously
2: of course no but it's going to be a tough pill to swallow for sure and mm. it's probably going to kill Boca's season it's if, probably going to kill Boca's season and,
1: and sorry if, if that happens I think that Igemo will put a an Escoba, I don't know how to say it. Uh, A broom, yeah. He would
3: uh, clean up the... the and start the to, clean,
1: to clean the, the stuff, because uh, if that happens, that would mean that the players are not prepared, or some of the players are not prepared to be at, at the first vocal team, because... Yeah.
3: Uh, I think it's unlikely that he will lose both.
1: Every change of manager, of course, brings new air, and, and the players, if they are comfortable with him, which is something for me not... Sure, because there, there of course everything you read are rumors and not for sure. But I heard that the the, the experienced players didn't want by Cantos. Javier ValdeCantos, yeah. the physical, the fitness
3: coach, yeah. Yes, uh,
1: because he was very hard on on his training methods, and 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 he has no differences between the, the experienced players and the young ones. Yeah,
4: right.
3: Uh, We'll have to wait and see. I mean, I think that the media speaks too much of our referentes or the, the, the important players in the squad. I'm not sure how much of that is true.
0: So we'll see. we'll see. Indeed. And now it's time for some mystical theme music. And when we come back, mystic Christopher Hartley is our guest predictor this week. So don't go away. Chris is trying to beat Roberto Rojas's five out of fifteen from last weekend. Five out of fifteen is what basically everybody has managed so far this season. It's random chance. Be, five I mean, out of fifteen. We've got one uh, four out of fourteen and one five out of fourteen. So once, uh, or I can catch their matches in hand up. Uh, that could go either way, but I don't think anybody has yet managed to get more than five. Basically, everybody's got exactly five so far. That's
3: not better than random. No. You're supposed well, to get a third. Yeah. No, precisely.
0: Um, Chris has actually sent me a list of exact score lines, but I'm not cruel enough to read those out and insist on him getting them exactly right, so I'm going to translate them into home and away wins or draws. And for this coming weekend, he's predicted as follows. Belgrano to beat Sarmiento at home. Uh, Vélez Sarsfield to get an away win over Arsenal. Gimnasia and San Lorenzo to draw in La Plata. Independiente to beat Colón at home. Godoy Cruz against Patronato to be a draw Quilmes to lose at home to Olimpo which is um, showing some faith in in Olimpo that I don't think they've justified so far frankly but we'll see Uh, Banfield to beat Rosario Central in in Rosario that's ambitious if they do beat
3: it
4: they
0: get that Argentinos Juniors to draw with Defensa Justicia Tigre to beat Atletico Tucumán Union and Racing to draw Lanús to beat Newell's Old Boys Aldo Civi to beat Tempele Rafaela to beat San Martín de San Juan, Estudiantes to get an away win over Huracán, and River against Boca to finish in a win for the boys from Belgrano. That's River, in case Nunes. you're familiar. Belgrano. Check your, your burial borders, seriously. <laughs> He's right. The yeah. monument, the monument right. is just inside Belgrano. Is that right? And, and Defensores de Belgrano stadium is in Nunez. True story no fun facts with Mike, Mike. Kelly a few metres away from the border um, so good luck with those Chris there are one or two very ambitious predictions there Central to lose at home yeah I hope you're wrong about the real one That's of course he's from a neutral center. me and Andres hope <laughs> is right and you two hope he's wrong but Central to lose at home is very interesting Chris does qualify these by the way beforehand by saying and I'm going to bring his email up against now uh, that he has been listening for about four years now, so hopefully he's picked up some knowledge on Argentine football. Jesus Christ, four not, years? Not sure how much he's been listening to us in the last couple of weeks about Rosario Central, if he's predicting to lose at home, but um, still. To be just, honest, just, even
3: being born it's, here, it's not possible to predict Argentine football. No, either. and also,
0: <laughs> particularly after we point out that Calder has has yet to lose a match at home in 19 home games in charge of Rosario Central, it would be the most Argentine league thing in the world if this then turns out to be the match that he loses. If, Just because if he's he, on the if, of the club If, record. if he does guess that one right, I think he should win the, the season. Well, we'll see. I'm not sure it would be the most outlandish <laughs> prediction that we've had, or that we will have, but but, but It will we'll be see. up there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it might very well be up there. Um, any matches that you're particularly looking forward to this weekend, guys? Apart from the obvious one, of course. There's a couple of other Clásicos, no? Huh? No, it's just one. So no, all all, yeah. all of the Classicals together Except is, is one well,
1: Except week that was uh, a uh, Anyone that
3: I'm looking forward to seeing uh f... ah, Not
0: really. I seriously <laughs> don't care. I don't care about so anything. Central Banfield should be good fun in Fernacia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's i And also, it. kind of going to be interested to see Atletico-Dokuman away to Tigre on, on Monday evening, which ironically, because I tend to be out at that time on Monday evening, I probably won't see, but I'll be interested to see how that finishes. Um, Independiente de Colón yeah. Could be fun as well It depends which Colón turn up When's um, that? On Saturday? That is yeah, on Saturday, awesome. that's the 9.30 game on Saturday yeah. Yeah, could be interesting. if you're listening And you're wondering and you're curious Riba versus Boca uh, Is on at 5pm Argentine time On Sunday Which if you're in Great Britain Is 8pm for you And if you're on the Eastern Seaboard of the United States Is 3pm Three? 3 Yes um, and unlike some of the uh, matches that have been shown so far this season, there are three different channels showing Riverbocker. They will all be streaming it online. So hopefully at least one of them will be ungeo blocked as some of you who are used to watching online uh, will have discovered some of the sites that are showing matches this season have started geo-blocking and some of them have not. So fingers crossed, at least one of the broadcasters for, for the Super Superclassical will, will not be geo-blocking um, and you'll be able to watch it for free online. If you can't, then please don't tweet me to complain, because unless you're an Argentine taxpayer, you don't really have any right to complain about them geo-blocking it in your area. Um, but that's by the by, anyway. For now, this was a bumper episode of PandaPod. I thought we'd be doing so well having nice short ones as well. But uh, we shall bid you farewell. Thank you very much for listening. And um, we'll be back next week to pick over the bones of at least two Boca Juniors matches, two very high-pressure ones, as we say, um, including the Super Classical and no doubt to pick up on some other controversies and some more fantastic goals because we've seen a lot of them so far this championship Uh, as we sign off San Lorenzo and Toluca is still 1-1 with 14 minutes to go but I'll be back after the full-time theme music to let you know what the full-time score was in that one Uh, and for now it's goodbye from Andres goodbye goodbye from our two Boca fans and thank you for providing your your thoughts and insight on on the new manager this week Uh, from Fran farewell and Fede Thank you for having me. And goodbye from me. Goodbye. It's full time and I'm back with the final score from San Lorenzo to Toluca. It finished 1-1. So those two goals in the space of about 50 seconds, that's real time, seconds, not even seconds of the ball being in play, Uh, ended up with a draw, which leaves San Lorenzo on one point from their opening two Copa Libertadores group stage games. Uh, Still all to play for, but it's not an ideal start for them.